Welcome to Rise Up in Business, the law podcast for small business owners. I'm your host, Tracy Mylacrane. I'm a business lawyer, an entrepreneur, and very much a realist. Rise Up in Business is designed to share with small business owners important legal information and some clever tips and tricks in short and sharp episodes, no legal jargon. With this podcast, I want to empower small business owners to rise up and take control in their business. I'll be here every Wednesday to tell you what you need to know without sending you to sleep. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 4 of the Rise Up in Business podcast. I am thoroughly enjoying bringing you this season and the conversations that I'm having with my very clever and impressive guests I'm finding really exciting. And today is no exception. Today, I'm talking with Becky Hughes. Becky is somebody who I have the greatest respect for. She is incredibly talented with what she does, and her warmth and supportive nature really stood out to me when Becky and I first connected in a mastermind that we were both in. Becky is a brand mentor, and the reason I wanted to bring Becky on to talk today is because until I met Becky, I did not know that there was such a thing as a brand mentor. And oh my gosh, I wish I had of. Becky, welcome. Oh, hi, Tracy. Thank you so much. That is such a lovely intro. I really appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so thrilled that you're joining me today for this chat. I feel fortunate to have met you um, because we really have connected and there is a real synergy in our drivers in our business, which is quite honestly hand on heart to add real value and, and help small business owners. And I'm particularly fortunate, I think, because I get to introduce you to my audience because when I did the rebrand to uplevel my business, I was I think just so super lucky that I landed with a fabulous designer and an amazing copywriter. But creative space is not my natural space, so I still found the process overwhelming. Had I have known that you existed and that there was such a thing as a brand mentor, I would have just grabbed that with both hands. So I'm really excited to share with the audience what is a brand mentor and how it is that you add value, because I know it, but I just love to chat about it with you and explain it to the listeners. Okay. Isn't it funny how you do something for so long and you don't give it a label and you don't really think about it. You just do it, do it naturally. And then suddenly I was like, well, what am I? Am I a brand mentor? Okay, well, I'll go with that label. And then that sort of, I suppose, has become the description of what I do. But I think for me, the key thing is, is that there can be a really big disconnect between business owners who have all their skills, whether that's legal or finance or any other kind of service. But when they come to engage creative services, there can be a real disconnect there between understanding the process, getting really good communications between them and their chosen service provider, that chosen creative. So where I often come in, I do also do end-to-end branding with clients as well, but I often work with clients to help them navigate that, that process. So to get really clear on what they want to achieve with their brand, start to get some of the strategy in place, how they want to communicate, how do they want to position themselves, and then help them formulate the brief. So when they're going to brief, it could be a brand designer or another client of mine I worked with recently was commissioning some Facebook ads. So just to help her navigate that process, make sure that everyone was really clear, understood what they were going to get, that there was good feedback that went back and forth, that the process was just productive, 
was rewarding and then everyone was happy with the outcome. So that's really what I do as a mentor is just help people through the process. And I like to think that I'm quite objective in that. And I think that's what's really important. When I act as a brand mentor, I'm not invested in the creative work. So I'm not trying to push a creative solution because it's mine. I can be quite objective in that, which I think is really important. And I bring an understanding of the process and an understanding of both sides of the coin, what the business owner wants, because I'm a business owner too, but also where the creative is coming from and maybe where they might be struggling to communicate themselves. So it's kind of that meeting in the middle. And I love that. And I think for me, what's really hitting the nail on the head is the explaining the process, because I had no clue about the process. And so something that I thought was going to be very a very short-lived and quick process took a lot more time and energy than I had anticipated and I certainly hadn't allowed for it in terms of energy and input from me and it took me by surprise and that's to my own fault for just not being aware. So having somebody on your team to explain that process and guide you through and be that sounding board I think is invaluable. Now something that I really wanted to chat about as well today was the concept of brand guardianship and that's something that you've raised several times and I think that that's really important but again in business particularly when we are so time poor as business owners we don't know what we don't know so the concept of brand guardianship will probably have many people scratching their head and thinking gosh what's that because it did for me the first time that I heard it but I think it is really valuable so can we chat a little bit about that so what is brand guardianship and why is it important Look, brand guardianship is something that comes up for me every single day with my clients in various forms. So I, I guess what it is, it's exactly as what you think of guardianship is in terms of a guardian of a child or a guardian of some entity. It really means to look after something, to care for something and to give it your attention. Oh, you make it sound so simple. Well, because a brand is an investment. And this is the thing about your brand is it's it has tangible value in your business. So when you build a brand and you look after a brand, not only does it contribute to the growth, it's one of the levers that contributes to growth in your business, along with your marketing activities and how you manage your finance and the products and services that you develop. So it's really important in that way. But it also creates long-term equity. So if you're building a business that you may want to sell or you may want to invite investment into, your brand value becomes a physical item on the balance sheet it has a value attached to it and the more you've nurtured it and invested it and looked after it the more value it will retain because it has a value perception in the mind of your audience so how people perceive your brand is a reflection on the value of your business as well guardianship is all about really just looking after that brand because if you don't give your brand some love if you don't look after it no one else is going to so true so true so how do we look after it for me, there are four key things around brand guardianship that sort of build, that, that we need to commit to and we need to invest in as, as brand owners. And really, the first one is all about ownership of your assets. This is huge. This one comes up, I could give a thousand examples of this, where business owners really struggle with it. And I think what often happens, particularly in a brand creation process or a rebrand process, is to your point, it, it's very intense. Sometimes it can be quite protracted. There can be a lot of back and forth. So what ultimately happens is by the end of it, everyone's just so relieved that it's done and they hit launch that they often forget to make sure that they grab hold of all their important assets that got created during that time. 
two, three years down the track, they find they didn't get all of their high-res logos. They didn't get all of their high-res images. They're not really clear on ownership of where's their website hosted. Do they have the login details for that? Where's their email marketing hosted? Do they know how where their domain name is hosted and how to renew that? They sort of come out of this rebrand process kind of just happy they survived it but they don't have ownership of all their assets or sometimes it's just very very old everything happened eight nine ten years ago and they didn't look after their assets and create a folder on their desktop or their server put all those assets in and take responsibility of looking after them so that ownership piece is a really important part of it and I love that. And what's jumping out to me is, again, as I say often, we don't know what we don't know. And so I'm thinking perhaps unless you have fabulous designers like I did, you don't necessarily know that you need to put these things in one place or that these things are real assets or that these things are your responsibility. So, again, um, this chat's very valuable to educate people just to say, hey, this is something that you need to know because this is something you need to look after. Yeah, and there's absolutely, and, and you will always need to come back to those things in the future. And if you don't have, let's say, your high-res logo in, a, in what's called a vector format, which means that it can be edited and it can be scaled up and down, then you're going to find yourself in a really difficult spot in two, three, four years' time when you want to maybe change it a little bit or you want to start developing new communication assets for your business. So it's really important. I think even if, you've already, if you're not going through a rebrand, if you're in a business right now, to just sit down and go, do I know where all these assets are? Have I got all my logos? Have I got all of my images? Do I know what my color palette references are? What my fonts are? Am I really clear on that? Do I know where my website's hosted? Where my domain name's hosted? Do I have all the passwords to access the back end of my website? That's a really big one. Often people don't have that. Um, do I know where my email marketing is hosted? Do I have access to that? Do I have access to all my social media accounts? Sometimes when you rely on a social media agency and you kind of somehow lose control of those things. So I think it's a really good exercise to sit down and go, do I own and have access? Am I in charge of all of the assets for my brand? Oh, that is so good. And I know for me, listening to you, my brain's ticking and I'm going, do I know, do I have that tick, tick? And so I know that many people listening will be doing the same thing. This is very valuable. So that's that's the ownership and the taking responsibility of our brand guardianship. What else do we need to be doing in relation to our brand, do you think, or do you advise to really make the most of it? Look, I think the next one, once you you have all your assets, and I would also say that which this links in really to a lot of what you talk about, Tracy, when it comes to your assets, when you're engaging with a supplier, those terms of what you're going to get as the output are so important. So when you go through a process with a designer or a photographer, being really clear on what you're going to get at the end and make it clear, are you going to get all of the high-res images from your brand photo shoot? Is the designer going to hand over copyright for all of the logos and things that they produce? So I think it's also worth being really clear on those when you go through a process too. But then the next thing is really about consistency for me. I see this so often, and very often brand owners who've maybe had a brand for three or four plus years, I hear this, oh, I'm bored with my brand. And if I'm bored with my brand, everybody else must be bored with my brand. So can we change it up? Can we do something different? Can we add some more colors in? And the first thing there is, 
even if you're bored with your brand, <laughs> which is a bit of a shame, but you're, you might be fatigued with your brand because you see it every day. But pretty much no one else, including your mum, sees your brand every day. So no one else is going to be bored with it. They are, other people are actually going to appreciate, feel comforted by, get a sense of trust from that repetition and that consistency. So I think for me, it's really important to resist the temptation to just change things up because you got a bit bored. If you feel like that, go and get a new lipstick, go and buy a new top, but keep consistent with your brand. And I think that kind of then leads into, if you don't have really clear assets and really clear guidelines for how your brand should be executed, and if you don't take responsibility to take guardian of your brand, as it gets touched by other people, passes through other hands, you know, a web developer or somebody doing your social media, you'll find that it sort of gets diluted along the way. Because A, they didn't really understand how to apply it consistently. And B, you didn't take that policeman role to make sure that it was. Taking responsibility for the consistent application of your brand is really important. And a huge part of that is having really clear guidelines. Having that document, which I know you've probably got, that spells out what are my colors? What are my fonts? How, what's my image style? And really importantly, how should those be applied? What does that look like as a brochure? What does that look like as a website homepage? So that kind of consistency piece is really important. It is, and it's making sense. I do have that. My designer gave me all of that and she took me through it so I knew how to use it and what it was for. And honestly, that and my brand voice that my copywriter did for me, which is amazing, I send that to whoever's working with me, my VA, my Facebook ads person, if I'm getting help with design work in Canva or whatever it might be, they just get that. And then everything is consistent. So it's just, it really is worth its weight in gold. And so I'm resonating a great deal with what you're saying. And then I suppose that naturally dovetails into quality, doesn't it? Because once we have that, we know how to use it and we're being consistent, then the quality of our brand seems to be elevated in my mind. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think quality, people have different perceptions of, of what good quality is. And I suppose when it comes to good quality communications in your business, that's where using someone whose job it is to produce good social media content, whose job it is to write great blogs, whose job it is to produce great sales pages. That's the sort of baseline. And I appreciate not everyone can, can invest to that level, which is where going back, having the great guidelines does help you, even if you do have to DIY with certain things, which is perfectly understandable, you have certain benchmarks to, to meet. But quality is so important, even down to... You know, you'll see typos in, ev in everything. I, I admit to typos, but I also hate them. And so even down to attention to detail, making sure everything you put out for your brand is great and has been checked and is of good quality through to things like one of my bugbears in life is when people don't have a proper email address for their business. They have a free Gmail don't do it. It costs you like, I don't know, $10 a week or whatever. Get a professional email address. That's part of quality. And that goes all the way through to creating a quality experience as well for, for your clients. You know, what's it going to be like when they contact you? Are you going to reply within a really reasonable time frame? Will you be back to them in 24 hours? Are you going to manage their expectations? Are you going to surprise and delight them? You're, you're amazing at this, Tracy. You're just so generous and lovely at 
being generous and gifting people and giving people a really great experience around who you are and your brand. So think quality isn't just about checking for the typos. Quality is everything. It's all the way through to the experience people have on your website. Do your forms work when someone submits a form? Are they going to get a response because it worked or has it been broken for the last six months? So quality of communications, quality of output for me is so important. I just think I always say you can have great design and branding or you can have poor design and branding and they probably cost much the same, particularly because it it costs money and time to fix the, the bad stuff. So it's worth investing. You've got a choice to do it well or badly. I love this. I could honestly talk to you about this for hours because a real passion of mine is that quality and that user experience because I think there are so many business owners out there and professionals that don't do it well. So it's really nice to to pride ourselves on on doing it well. And I know that that's something that you and I are certainly in sync with, which is really lovely. Thank you for sharing that. This is incredible. And I know that my listeners are going to be getting so much value out of that. Before we go, I've got three questions for you that I'm asking everyone in this season, and I think they're really great. So they're just short and snappy questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) I'll do my best. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, first one. What is the best business advice that you've received? Best business advice I've received is to say no to things. It's also the thing that I'm the worst at. Because I I always want, you know, I think that's where we definitely connect as well, Tracy. We're innately servers of people and we want to help people. But sometimes I think you can help people by saying no as well. If you're not the right person to help them, and also if it's not the right thing for you and therefore maybe you're not going to do the best job for it, then I think being empowered to say no is really important. Oh, I like that. I, I like that a lot. That resonates with me. Okay, next one is what is the worst business advice you have received? Say yes to everything. (laughs) (laughs) And that follows, doesn't it? That's good. I like that too. And I have definitely, you know, particularly starting out, oh, you know, don't don't turn anything down. Take everything you can get. That's how you're going to build your business. Just, you know, embrace everything. And I think that's something that, business owners in their early days do a lot because you feel like you have to say yes to everything because that's how you're going to build. But actually, sometimes those yeses become a barrier to growth and you don't realise it at the time because you're stuck in doing things that aren't maybe your skill set, don't serve you, aren't profitable. There's many reasons, but they've taken you away from actually you could have done the no bit and focused on the things that were going to serve you and your clients better. Yes, no. (laughs) That's good. I like that one. And and last one, if you had the chance, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, this is such a good one. And I actually think about this quite often. <laughs> I do too, to be honest. I do too, which is why this is something that I was super keen to talk to my guests about. Yeah. Look, I think for me, it would be get out there, show your face, be brave, don't care about what everyone else thinks of you, just get on with it. That would be my thing because I think that I've for for a long time, you know, as a designer, as a creative, you're behind your computer screen, your work speaks for you. That's how I was in my early days of my business. So I would definitely say, don't wait, get out there, get it done. Don't worry about what people think. Love it. That is so good. Becky, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a fabulous episode and I've loved this conversation. Tell me, how can my listeners find you? It's quite easy. I'm fairly consistent. Tick. (laughs) 
Good. <laughs> so I go by Beck Hughes. B E C H U G H E S is my surname. So my web my website is beckhughes.com and then you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Beck Hughes Branding. Brilliant. Thank you. And we'll put those details in the show notes as well. Becky, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I've loved it. That's it for today's episode. Short and sharp, just like I promised. If you liked the episode, please be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And I would be most grateful if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As always, remember to keep your business legals in order with my annual legal checklist. You can grab your free copy by heading over to my website, tmsolicitor.com.au forward slash checklist. I'll catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening.